You know, I really appreciated Brandon's lead-in today to the uh, prayer of confession. I mean, seriously, I did appreciate that. But I really thought he was about to give an announcement for a church cleanup day at his house to remove all that stuff. I'm a neighbor, and I, ha- I still see it. <clears throat> I'm not across the street, so it's okay. Well, we have been talking week after week about a life of freedom as we continue to journey through the book of Exodus with the nation of Israel. And particularly over the the last few weeks, we have been looking at this life of freedom through the lens of the Ten Commandments. And today we come to a transition in the Ten Commandments. If you were with us uh, for our adult education time this morning, you, you have heard a bit about this transition already. We're moving from what is often called the first table of the law, Commandments 1 through 4, to what is often referred to as the second table of the law, Commandments 5 to 10. So we're moving from an emphasis on how to love the Lord our God with all our hearts to an emphasis on how to love our neighbors as ourselves. And something I hadn't thought about a whole lot until this morning when Steve mentioned it in adult ed, and that is that we're also transitioning from what it is to love someone who is perfect to loving each other who are imperfect. Well, the second table of the law begins with this imperative. Honor. Honor your fathers and your mothers. Honor. The fifth commandment. Now, the Ten Commandments have been preached on many times, and one time when a pastor was preaching the Ten Commandments, he got to commandment number five, and a a small child in the congregation came up and said, Pastor, I've heard a lot about honor your father and your mother, but is there anything that can help me know what to do with my little brother and sister? And the pastor said, we'll get to that next week. You shall not murder. Now, joking aside, the second table of the law begins with this fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. Because family matters. Family matters as we become love neighbor type of people. Remember, that's what God is working into us through the gospel that he has given us in the Ten Commandments, making us love God and love neighbor people. And so we've transitioned to focus more on becoming love neighbor type of people. And our our text this morning is Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 12. It's found on page 61 of your pew Bible, uh, if you're following along. But let's take a moment to pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, We come to you this morning and we need to hear from you. We need you to continue to work this life of freedom into us. Where we become more and more dead to sin and more and more alive to righteousness, to right living. And so would you do that work in us this morning? Opening your word to us and us to your word. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 12. Hear the word of God. I am the Lord your God, 
who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Therefore, honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother. Well, it's interesting, as I was studying this passage over the past week, twice I came upon one of Grimm's fairy tales. Now, are you familiar with Grimm's fairy tales? See some head nods. I hope that you are not reading any of the original versions to your children, because literally they are quite grim. Uh, Rated R, in fact. Now, you may know some of them by their G-rated versions. Uh, Disney has helped us out a bit with that. Uh, Maybe you have heard of Hansel and Gretel or Cinderella or Snow White. I believe Rapunzel is one of the Grimm's fairy tales as well. But I came upon one that I had not uh, heard before. And I thought, hey, since this is a command to children, what more appropriate place to begin than with a fairy tale? But this really does have everything to do with the fifth commandment. You see, there was an old man and his wife had died and he had no place to live except with his son and his daughter-in-law. And so he moved in with them. Uh, but this was, this was very frustrating to the daughter-in-law. In, in fact, she did not like the old man at all. He was, he was aging rapidly, uh, becoming senile, and uh, just didn't seem to know where he was or what was going on. He, he related differently. He was losing control of his body in ways that he had had before when he was young and strong. And this especially showed itself at the dining room table. Every night when they gathered together for a meal... He was loud. He was messy. And one night it was particularly bad. The daughter-in-law who was growing in resentment towards this old man, and in fact the daughter-in-law who was trying to turn her husband, the old man's son, against him, she had had enough. And she said, old man, if you are going to eat like this, you can eat in another room. And she immediately picked up his food, took it in the room next door, put it in a corner, and then escorted him into that corner. Well, as the days and weeks went on, the old man continued to eat in that other room. Now, one night, there was a loud crash in the room next to the the dining room. The daughter-in-law jumped up, ran in, and saw the old man sitting there, his hands trembling. And he had dropped his bowl of porridge, and it had crashed on the floor. Now, this family lived on a farm, and the woman said, Old man, if you are going to eat like a pig, then we will feed you like a pig. And she went outside to where they fed the pigs, and she picked up a a feeding trough and brought it in and began to feed him this way. A couple of weeks went by, and this is how things continued in this household. Now, this couple also had a young son. He was about four years old. And uh, one day, his father was coming in from the fields and saw his little boy uh, at work with some wood and some tools. And he got real excited, like dads do when they see their kids doing this kind of thing. And he said, son, what are you doing? And he said, dad, I am building a feeding trough so that I can care for you and mom when you get old. Well, at this, the man wept. In fact, his wife, the daughter-in-law, heard this from the house, and she wept as well. 
And it was the supper hour, the dinner hour, and she rushed into the room where the old man had already sat down. And she took him by the hand and she escorted him back into the dining room to sit at the table and they put him in the best chair they had in the house. And for the rest of the days of his life, they fed him, they cared for him, they honored him. Now, it's a fairy tale. It has a happy ending. And this has everything to do with the fifth commandment. As one theologian noted, a society that destroys the family destroys itself. If you eliminate honor from the family, you will eliminate honor altogether. In other words, though the fifth commandment refers specifically to parents, the principles addressed, they apply to all other relationships of authoritative care. Uh, Those in the church, because as the Bible tells us, uh, the church is our extended family, also applying to the state, to all of society. I'm not going to emphasize that a lot this morning, but I wanted to touch on it now. And if you were in adult education this morning, we did consider the full spectrum of authoritative care of mother and father. But this morning I'll be referring specifically to parents. Because you see, the family matters. Family matters and is in fact a part of God's redemptive work. And so this morning, I want us to to consider three questions. What are we commanded to do? Why should we do it? And how do we do it? What, why, how? What are we to do? Why should we do it? And how can we do it? So the first commandment. What are we commanded to do? Well, it's simple, right? Kids... Obey mom and dad. Uh, Heather and I, this, this weekend, we have Heather's sister is in town and our, our two nieces, Salem and Tess. Uh, Salem is seven years old. Tess is five. And we're having a good time with them. And as I was thinking through this passage, it occurred to me that when we hear this fifth commandment, we usually think of kids like Salem and Tess. We usually think of elementary school age children, middle school, high school but we kind of forget about it as adults. I think some of us even, maybe we don't articulate it, but we think, you know, all I need now is nine commandments. I've gotten past the fifth one. I'm now an adult. Well, it's important to note, to remember that the Ten Commandments were given to a people, were spoken to adults. And in this case, adult children, which would be most of us here. Most of us in this room are adults. All of us are children. So the command here is to honor. What does this mean? Honor. Honor your father and your mother. Well, this command is not primarily about obedience. Why do I say that? Well, kids grow up, or at least are supposed to, coming out from under the wing of mom and dad, ready to stretch their wings and grow in life and begin families of their own and so on throughout the generations. So as you grow up, you no longer have to obey mom and dad. Honor your father and mother. It's also not primarily about affection. 
Because for some of you, you had horrible family lives growing up. In fact, you had very mean mothers and fathers. And so for you to show affection, unless you've been reconciled, for you to show affection would in fact be a lie. Similarly, this command is not primarily about admiration or even gratitude for the very same reasons that I just mentioned. Now, honor may include them. Honor may include obedience. It may include affection. It may include admiration and gratitude. But that depends on the context, the stage of life, the relationship between child and parent. So what does honor mean? Well, the the Hebrew word here, kavod, means to give weight to. Uh, As an adjective, it, it refers to something that is weighty, that is heavy. So to honor means to give weight to. In other words, to reverence, to respect, to take seriously. To take seriously. Now, the fifth commandment, and somebody pointed this out this morning uh, in, in our adult ed time together. The fifth commandment does not say honor your father and mother if they deserve it. It says honor your father and mother, period. Now, for some of us, that's not as big a deal as it is for others. But for those who have come from very difficult backgrounds, do not have good relationships with our moms and dads. This still says, honor your father and mother. Now, the folks, the men and women here who are in the military, they understand this tension. You see, regardless of what they think of a higher ranking officer, they are always to salute that man or woman because of his or her position. In fact, there's a saying in the military, you salute the rank, not the man. You salute the rank, not the man. The fifth commandment says, you salute the office, not the person. We are commanded to honor the office of parent. The God-ordained office of mother and father. Not necessarily the person in that office. Now, best case scenario is when we are able to honor someone because of the position they hold and because of the person they are. That's the way it is supposed to be. And if we were dealing with perfect people, that's the way that it would be. But it's not always that way. So what are we commanded to do? We are commanded to take seriously, to respect, to honor our mothers and fathers no matter what. But why? Why honor our parents? And that's the second question. Why should we do it? Well, do you remember being a little kid? And there's some of you that are little kids right now. And so you'll probably this will be fresh in your mind. But do you remember being a little kid? And, and your parents would be up to something. Maybe you'd be on a trip and you would say, Mom and Dad, why? Why do we have to go here? Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do that? And then you would get your most favorite answer. Because I said so. 
Now, some of you, I think right now, you use that answer a lot to your children. But you know what? That answer is good enough. That answer is good enough. God says, honor your father and your mother. And that is a good enough reason for us to do so. But one of the wonderful things in this commandment is that God also does something very gracious for us. He gives us more. In fact, God casts vision for us so that we can begin to see, begin to imagine what the fruit of obedience to this commandment looks like. Obedience to the fifth commandment. Now, I want you to note the second phrase of verse 12 of this command. We're very familiar with the first. Honor your father and your mother. And then the second phrase. So that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So that your days may be long in the land that God is giving you. Now, it's important to realize that it doesn't say this. It doesn't say, honor your father and mother so that God will give you land. God is already giving the land. Remember, we've been talking all along about a covenant God. Dick prayed about that in his prayer this morning. A God who has said, I am your God. You are my people. I am caring for you. I am giving you what you need. And here, here is a gift. Here are the Ten Commandments. This is how life works best. How to, how to love me as your God and how to love one another within the family of God. As God's special people. It's not so that God will give you the land, but so that your days may be long in the land. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land. Now, I have heard this promise referred to before, as have, I'm sure you, as an individualistic prosperity gospel. It's not that. There are those that would preach that that is not is what going on here. And I think many of us from experience would realize that we have known people who have loved their and honored their mothers and fathers, and they've died young. So that's not what it's saying. It's also not individualistic at all, because God is speaking. He is promising to a group of people, to his people. Okay, Herb and I were talking before the service, and he, he was commenting a bit on Southern English. Now, I know that we have some of you Northerners that have, have moved down here, and so there's something that Southern English just has so right. You see, when we read this, we hear, honor your father and mother so that your days may be long. And we hear, that's to me, just to me. If I do this, then this will happen. But you know, Southerners make a distinction between the singular you and the plural you. There's you and there's y'all. And if we really want to emphasize it, we say what? All y'all. I mean, if you want to put some punch in it, it is all y'all. And so here, in my best Southern English translation, we have honor your father and mother so that all y'all will live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. But still, we, we know this is talking to a people, but it says that your days may be long. What, what is going on here? Well, listen to this. That your days may be long. That your days may be full. That you 
that y'all, that all y'all together may have a full life. That you may have a healthy society, a healthy world, growing in health. You see, honoring our fathers and our mothers leads to healthy families, including healthy church families, which leads to healthy communities, healthy societies. And as we honor our fathers and mothers, we more and more become these love neighbor type of people. And as the church, we engage the world, loving our neighbors as ourselves. Loving our neighbors out there as well as, as, as we love ourselves as the people of God. We do this through gospel word and gospel deed. We participate with God in transforming culture, in renewing society. And that's a whole other sermon series. It's called Acts, the mission of God to us and through us. We've got it recorded for you if you want to hear more. So we we honor our parents. We honor our mothers and our fathers on the one hand because God commanded us to do so. God said so. And that's enough. But then in his graciousness, he gives us more. And we see that we honor because it is part of God's plan to transform the world around us. So what does it look like? What does it look like for us to to honor our parents? And that's the third question. How do we do it? Well, for the third question this morning, I have a three-part answer. Very simple. You can honor your father and mother. Receive, remember, recognize. And it's even that simpler. It's three R's. Receive, remember, recognize. Several years ago, I was in a conversation with a friend of mine named Ray. I just all of a sudden realized Ray's name begins with an R, too. That was unintentional. But Ray and I were, I'd known Ray for a while, but I'd never really heard a lot about his story. And one day I asked him a question, and it really spun off into me hearing a lot about his background. And in fact, it was a sad story. Ray had grown up in an abusive home. His father was an alcoholic. His mom did nothing about it. And so coming out of that family, Ray had a, a, lot of, a lot of scars, a lot of wounds, a lot of very heavy baggage. And he carried that with him to college. And he got to college and he just wasn't so sure how to relate to people, whether or not he trusted them. But he got to college and there was a Christian group there, a campus fellowship, and they reached out to Ray. And they embraced him. And they introduced him to Jesus Christ. And Ray fell in love with this God who loved him. And Ray gave his life to Christ. And as I listened to him tell this story, one of the things that struck me was the way in which he he talked about his parents. I, I didn't sense any bitterness. He didn't hold a grudge. In fact, he got to a point where he shared how he had gone through a process and learned to forgive them. And that was just one of the the many beautiful fruits that I I could see in Ray's life because of his, his relationship with God. Another expression of his new life was he was he was single in his 20s and his early 30s, and he really became a father figure to many young people. 
telling them about the gospel, helping them to learn to to walk in the ways of the gospel, how to learn to live this Christian life as a, a love God, love neighbor person. Well, another fruit of this new life in Christ centered around his little boy. He got married in his early 30s, and at this point in our conversation, he had a little boy who was about two years old. And this is the question that had begun our conversation. I had gone up to Ray and said, Ray, what's it like being a dad? And with a big smile on his face, he said, Camper, it is wonderful. And I want to be the dad for my little boy that I never had until I met Jesus and was welcomed by my heavenly father. And he went on and he explained how this was not just the first generation, the, the, the generation that he had grown up with, with his family, where there had been what he called ungrace. He traced it through many generations of his family where there had been ungrace. And then he looked me in the eye and he said, Camper, because of Jesus, the ungrace stops here. The ungrace stops here. And I pray that my boy will always know something that I could have never imagined is beautiful as grace. He'll never know a day without that. And you see, Ray had received, he had remembered, he had recognized, he had received God's grace. Not just once, but on a daily basis. And it continued to flow through his life. To the young people around him now, to his son And as I listened to him, he remembered his past. In fact, he remembered his parents with respect. He also recognized his parents. He had, after becoming a believer, he pursued them uh, in hopes of reconciling with them rather than ignoring them. Writing them off is that old chapter of my story. Now I have a new one. And in doing so, Ray not only honored his earthly mother and father, He honored his heavenly father as well. What about you? How can you honor your father and your mother? Receive, remember, recognize. Receive. Are you receiving God's grace? Are you receiving God's grace today? Not just a one-off, but continually. Your very present need of Jesus. Receive God's grace. Receive the grace of your Heavenly Father that it would spill out into all of your relationships, including the relationship with your parents. Remember, for those of you whose parents have died, how do you honor your father And your mother. Remember. How do you remember your parents? Remember your parents with reverence. Respecting the office they held. Even. Even. If you're not able to respect the person they were. And by God's grace. Even though your parents. Have died. Seek to forgive them. Forgive as you have been forgiven. 
And if you had a good relationship with your parents or, or a restored relationship with them, then speak. When you, when you tell your family story like Ray did, speak of God's goodness through you to, to you through your parents. But whatever the situation, speak of your parents with honor. Receive, remember, recognize. For those of you whose parents are still alive, do you recognize your parents? Recognize them. Pay attention to them. They are significant. They are people of dignity and worth because because God spoke them into existence just like he did you and me. They are made in the image of God. They have dignity and worth even if they do not live in light of that reality. Acknowledge your parents. Don't, don't ignore them. Pray for them. Do you pray for your parents? Our most God-directed act, most basic God-directed act, praying. What an opportunity for us to honor our mothers and fathers Praying the gospel into their lives. Whether they believe or don't believe, we can pray that they would know Jesus for the first time or they would come into a fuller wonder of his grace and glory today. And forgive. There are no perfect parents. Remember, we just made that transition in the two tables. From what it is to love a perfect God to what it is to love imperfect people. And that includes your parents. Seek to forgive them. That might mean that you need to confront them. Now that is a scary thing. But the one thing I'll say about that is conflict is always the opportunity to see redemption played out. Always the opportunity for reconciliation. You may not be reconciled, but seek to forgive them. Forgiving as you have been forgiven. If you do have a good relationship with your folks, affirm them. Affirm them for the way that God has revealed himself to you through them. And and maybe that would be something you would take home today as as a challenge. On the Sabbath day of rest and worship. That you would think, Lord, you would ask him, Lord, how have you revealed yourself to me through my parents? And then pray and look for an opportunity to affirm them, to honor them. But whatever the situation, when you speak to your parents, speak to them with honor. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of the house of slavery. I am your God. You are my people. Honor your father and your mother. So that your days may be long in the land. That the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you as your children. We come to you as your children and we ask that you would work in us, that you would work your goodness 
in grace in us that we might honor you by honoring our mothers and fathers. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.